0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. I'm here to help you navigate nuanced conversations and explore topics that demand your attention and awareness. There is no topic off limits here. Together we will seek to find the middle path, explore the polarities of darkness and light, left and right, grace and grit. As a writer, life coach, and seasoned yogi, I'm in the business of awareness and conscious action. I'm here to create space for the conversations that need to be had in order to create solutions that bridge the divide between humans. Sensemaking will use practical, logical, philosophical, and spiritual tools to help us gain well-rounded perspectives on issues that strike a chord. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Today I'm interviewing my friend Jasmine Perosic. Jasmine is an incredibly interesting person, a scientist, a healer. She has her masters in plant biology and is also a traditional medicine woman. Today we're going to talk about ayahuasca, boreal forest plant medicine. God and science. This is an interesting and pro- uh, provocative conversation. You might hear some things today that challenge your understanding of medicine, and we're going to talk about some things that are a little outside of the box, and I'm here for it. Before we get started with the show, um, we're just going to mention today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by The Sovereign, a wellness membership to move us forward in a world gone wild. If you've been listening to the show for a while or know my work, you know that I am passionate about all things wellness. I teach mental health practices, breath work, meditation, yoga, mobility, all things to do with body work, energy work, healing work. I'm also a business coach. I help people make money and I love the marketing world. What I notice in this freedom community and a lot of the people out there in the world is we're feeling stuck. The Sovereign is a membership that will give you everything you need to be well, happy, and free. It'll give you motivation and inspiration to keep moving forward. So we'll take very good care of ourselves with mental health and physical practices We'll learn to build businesses. We'll learn to preserve wealth with things like Bitcoin and commodities. We'll learn about gardening and homesteading. We'll learn about philosophy, psychology, Eastern wisdom practices. Everything to get your wheels spinning and your eye on the future so that together we create a future that benefits us all. The Sovereign includes on-demand content, live community workshops, and an interactive online community with people that think just like you. Get on the wedding list now and save 50% off your membership for a limited time only. That's only $20 a month and you'll set that price for life. You can register on my email list or see the link in the show notes. Our second sponsor is my favorite liquid glow collagen. You might have seen those creamers, those little powdered creamers, you can put it in your coffee. You know, I had those for a long time. It did absolutely nothing for my body. Three weeks on glow liquid collagen and my inflammation was completely gone. My hip pain was gone. My skin is better. My hair is regrowing in spots where it was kind of thinning from having children and all the lovely things that accompany motherhood. Glow is the only type one liquid collagen that I'm aware of that contains high impact nutraceuticals like biotin that are guaranteed to help your body, hair, and joints. You can shop at slash Carla Treadway. And last but not least, I am obsessed with nutrition. I just finished up a 30 day ultimate lifestyle transformation with Pureum, and I've never felt better. I lost a few pounds. My gut feels amazing. This is the um, Perium is a organic superfood company. So live food ingredients. You just add water, and this stuff is so green. Even the packaging you could practically eat. They have specialized products. ...that are the only thing in the market to help you detox glyphosate from the body. If you don't know what glyphosate is, please look it up. It's the ingredient in Roundup that's sprayed all over our food and is basically one of the leading causes for this pandemic of gut issues we're seeing out there. I've never felt better with this cleanse and I will continue to take these products life long. If you want to live more vibrant and free, you can save 25% on all of your purchases using code JOY25. See the link in the show notes to start shopping now or send me a DM and I'm happy to tell you about my experience. That's it for our sponsors and let's get ready for the show. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. Today I have my friend Jasmine Perosic with me today. Hi, Jasmine, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Jasmine and I have been friends for quite a few years now, and I can't remember the first time I met you, but I was really intrigued. By you, I, it must have been on one of your nature walks, um, Jasmine. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and and what you do?
1: Well, I guess the first thing I would say, um, I drink a lot of plants in general, and <laughs> so that's the basis because I created my body out of uh, many plants out of a necessity for uh, like a need to heal, and. As I healed, I, I realized that in the way that I, I was learning, communicating with the plants was um, what was phenomenal. Like it was really a phenomena to me, and very interesting. And so I, uh, so I got my undergrad in anthropology and boreal forest archaeology, and then I went into my master's in biology. Uh, to study phytochemical processes of a lot of the plants, uh, because, and and you know what I I say this now, and I'm going to say it like this, but I said this to Radio One one time, and Radio One was not okay with my dialogue. They were not okay with the way in which I I spoke about the plants in general. Plants like- are people. We communicate with the plants, and they communicate with us. Just. Many times we think it's subtle and it's not so subtle when you've spent the time with the plants. So uh, Radio 1, I did an interview and I was talking about how the plants were communicating with me and how they communicated with me is they were able to tell me through ideas uh, what their actions were and what their benefits were. And sometimes I would just bath with the plant and it would communicate things to me. And uh, when I told Radio 1 that, they were like, yeah, sure, sure, because you sound like a white girl, you know, like there was a lot of uh, racism, racism there, Uh, which is too bad, because the reality is there are, you know, tens of thousands of people in the world, uh, especially in the Amazon rainforest, where I learned how to do this, uh, that understand what I'm saying, that understand that communicating with the plants is a real, a real phenomenal
0: thing honestly and for the people that are just listening to the audio here um you you are both white and first nation correct
1: yeah well my dad is uh was ukrainian um and fluent in the language and the food and the culture the the catholicism he was very um devout gnostic uh, not gnostic uh greek Orthodox. orthodox so he was very orthodox and then I was raised Catholic and my mom is Cree, Ojibwe and Cree. And so I was raised with the, the teachings of the land with her and the names of all the trees and what trees did and, and their function and the, the function of the lake and the rising water levels, the, the lower water levels. Like I got to learn all that from her. So same with my my father. He learned um, that, kind of, uh, that kind of knowledge from my grandfather and my mother's. Father, so uh, it was like quite the eclectic thing. So that's I'm I'm a mixed breed, and that's just a, I'm a Bill C thirty one. If anybody knows what what that is, I'm Bill C thirty one kind of indigenous person.
0: Mm. And how beautiful that it 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 all belonged in your family. And I think that's what I've always found so interesting about. Um, your work and your education is that it really holds these polarities these paradoxes like the fact that you are a, a plant biologist who deeply understands just the science behind it but then there obviously is such a heavy emphasis on spirituality involved in your work
1: definitely I don't think there's any other word to explain it other than that and if anybody can find a word please uh, let me know what it is, because I can't explain like there's another consciousness that we interact with, we're not separate from the plants. And biologists, they'll, they'll tell you this, that we're not separate from any one, any one plant, anything that's alive, we all have a common ancestor. And that's just normal. Like, that's just a normal thing in science that you have to understand that to uh, understand how evolution really works. So um, a lot of these fundamental concepts you need to know to be able to continue in science. And if you don't believe in any of them, you wouldn't be able to apply it. So I was able to apply it by drinking the plants. They tell me what they do. And then I go and look up what, they, what their chemical constituents actually did in the human body. And it was completely completely the exact same as what I was told wow. by the plants itself. So,
0: so the spirit um, informs you and the science confirms it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Science has finally caught up because all of the healers and all of the traditional peoples that I've worked with over the years say the same thing. And you know what? That's the way it worked in science. Like in in ethnobotany, like I studied, uh, people would talk to a healer. The healer would tell you an active plant and then we would go and investigate that plant and then we would find out that it was actually true. Like sarsaparilla. Like we hear lots about sarsaparilla and sarsaparilla is an energy creator and it's supposed to, it's related to ginseng. So you can imagine that it's an aphrodisiac. And while we know that, you know, traditional people know that and they they call it rabbit root because, you know, you go like rabbits, (laughs) but that's, that's really the discovery phase is that that's what scientists did. They just listened to what the people told
0: them and then applied it. And so you have to
1: be able to apply science.
0: Did you pursue these two uh, avenues the same, like, or or did you do one before the other? Like, were you more interested in the spirituality side or the science side, or did it all kind of just materialize at the same time?
1: It was all one thing. It was Mm -hmm. one thing for me. And that's mostly because when I started my apprenticeship with uh, Maestro Juan Flores in the Peruvian Amazon, I was studying plants in the way in which I, I would spiritually study it. I would drink the plant and I wouldn't eat salt, sugar, or grease for at least 10 days. And sometimes I would go a month and a half than when I was in the Amazon. And then the plants were communicating, not just communicating, helping me unfold my whole life and then helping me to see my whole life. And, you know, lo and behold, that's what science will tell you, that it that it actually does helps you unfold your life depending on what you're, depending on what you're drinking, but I probably drank 19, I think it was 19 plants in the Peruvian Amazon like that, so I got to learn from all of those masters, they're considered doctors down there, they call them curanderos or curandera, and then here we call them grandfather and grandmother, but it's the same concept, so I use the same method I learned in South America to learn the plants here, so when I was learning the plants here, when I have been learning the plants here, that that's exactly what I've been doing is. Um, and you know what, if you have salt, sugar and grease, it's okay, it's just slower. That's all. So I would even, you know, drink the plants, not eating a, a diet like that, and they would still communicate with me. It just takes a little bit of work for them to get into you.
0: Okay, so there's a really practical reason for having a strict diet before you take plant medicine. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not just spiritual reasons; like you need a, a clean vessel.
1: Yeah, you need a clean vessel. You want to be, and they, what they call it here, like the traditional people call it here, is you want to be hollow bones. You want to have hollow bones, so that everything can flow right through you. Mm-hmm. So That's what I, I, I guess, when I have a hard time in my life, because everybody goes through you know, every struggle, I try to pick up the junk that's in my bones mm-hmm. so that I could just flow right through because life's hard. Life's not easy. Um, we get challenged at every, every moment of our lives. So anything you can do to make your hollow bones and then, then just do it, <laughs> whatever it is, uh, obviously to your benefit.
0: So what were some of the more, um, powerful medicines that you experienced in, in Peru and in the Amazon. Yeah. Ayahuasca, ayahuasca was the most powerful. And then there was another brew
1: that I had that I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it was. I have no idea what it was, but it was extremely psychedelic. Like ayahuasca, it takes you some time to step into it and can be frightening or can be, you know, really exhilarating. It can be very euphoric. Uh, But this one that I had, it was just instant, instant. I I knew I was in a teaching ceremony at the time. And I knew I was being taught something that not everybody gets access to. And I feel like I squandered it. Of course, of course I did. Just Because it was such a powerful moment for me. And then your body reacts to it afterward, like hours, hours and hours afterward, your body responds to all the changes in your mind. And you know, you can defecate, or you can, you go out of every every hole on your body. I suppose you say you have to be willing to to, I guess. Tame your ego enough to go through that. It's. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it is. I, I tamed my ego enough, and I I, am a very egotistical person. Like
0: it took me a lot of work, to to not be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> So you said you squandered that moment, the the one ayahuasca journey where mm-hmm. you were being taught something really significant. What why do you say you squandered that moment?
1: Because um some of the music that was being sung at the time I don't know what I, like in my mind, you know what, you ever watched the movie The Watchmen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so The Watchmen, um the big blue guy, Doctor Manhattan. He zapped this one girl his girlfriend or whatever and and she went she went to dark places and that's what he said to her. he's like you always go to dark places so that's that's me I went to dark places like she went into a place where she was reliving these terrible memories and if she would have got past that she would have been able to see the brilliance he was trying to show her in the movie same thing here is I imagined that I guess I, I had to have created this that the man who was singing was the boatman on the river Styx. Mm-hmm. I studied anthropology. I studied all of the, the history of the Egyptology and the Bible and everything. Anyway, this guy was on the river Styx and he's paddling. And what did I call him? I called him, I called him something. Um, his name was Anarte and he's still a healer down in South America, but he was paddling me to my death. Like I had my coins in my hand, I'm, I'm ready to go. And then my teacher interrupted him like hard, very hard and started singing a very sweet, soft song to me because I guess when you're a healer like that, you have to know what your people are going through or else don't perform a ceremony like that because they're very powerful. You have to be able to retrieve um, people at times. So you have to be very careful. So he was retrieving me. He retrieved me with a sweet song. I look up and there's his face and it's a giant, big blue face. Like I was, yeah, I was in another reality. It was an alternate reality, definitely a separate reality. Definitely. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So for people that aren't aware of what ayahuasca is, and they're hearing this, that you're going to hallucinate and it might be terrifying and your body's going to get horrifically ill after why do they want to do that?
1: Yeah, because it's not all the time. If -hmm. you're lucky, you'll, you'll puke and poop and have a terrible time if you're lucky. Because (laughs) most most of the time, people go to sweet places, or they go to good places in their minds. But if you're someone who has a predilection of going dark, you can go very dark, very quick. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't even know you're like that. Like you don't you you can't see with enough clarity in your everyday life to know that you're right. you're faced with the darkness and then what ayahuasca does is it just puts a weight on you it just like weighs you down and but it's not really weighing you down I, I interpret it as it's a hug it's hugging me it's hugging me, hugging me hugging me and so what is most inside me is what comes out but what needs to come out most will always come out so if you got like I think the first The first 40 times that I had a ceremony, which took years, obviously, uh, the first 40 times were terrible and terrible, terribly frightening and, and the most scariest thing in the whole world. But then now I'll do ceremony and it's not that it's never that ever again. I'm never going to have that. Like you always, you go a certain length of, of, you know, study, and then you might retract a little bit. But you're never going to go back to the start, you're always going to be back. So you have another ceremony, you have another ceremony, you could revert back, but it's it's always about the integration time, like you need good integration time, you need solid people to be with, you need really good direction, or else it could go awry. Like a lot of people do think it's the devil, the devil work. But mm-hmm. it's not, it's the devil, sorry, is you, you know, mm-hmm. like that's really what it is. And so when I do ceremony with people, I realize that they're all just infants and I just have to care for them as much as I can. And some people are more dark than others. And so they need a certain kind of care. So it, really the care, like in a ceremony that I, I would conduct is I'm singing most of the time. You don't touch people because I have a I have a rule. You, you should never have to be touched unless you know, someone was going to communicate that with you, but it's very hard to communicate that in ceremony to, to do that. Mm. So it it was a really lovely thing that I was able to get rid of all my junk because that's what was making me sick. And I'm still working on getting rid of my junk. So I don't get sick. Mm. And that's just, you know, my history and where I've come from and all of
0: those things that, that keep coming up. So essentially it acts as an intense form of therapy
1: really fast therapy.
0: Yeah. But I was listening to Sad Guru the other
1: day. Do you listen to Sad Guru? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I listened to him. I listened to him enough. Um, I listened to how he became who he is and, and how he's, um, he doesn't really know anything. He's just communicating clarity and all this wonderful stuff. But he also said that psychedelics weren't, weren't the way to get there. He's like, you might get somewhere really quick and then you, you fall back all the time, all the time. And it's like, oh, you've never had psychedelics. <laughs> no, you've, and that's okay. Like that's, that's okay. He's really direct. He knows what he's doing and he's keeping himself clear, which is hollow bones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always like to think, it's not even like to think. It's just, I've, I've drank enough of the plants to see that you'll never go back to the start. You'll never go back to, to zero where you were from like you'll never become an addict it's ayahuasca itself is an anti-addictive like Mm -hmm. in the western sense it causes non-addiction which is one of the symptoms or one of the side effects of this particular plant so it was really effective for me that
0: way as well So do people always need more than one ceremony or are there people that can go and and get away with like a a one time off and walk away and have sorted through what they needed to?
1: Yep, that's it. I know one young man who was an addict for years and all I could do was go to him and pray and pray for him to find ayahuasca. That's what I did. I'm like, I pray one day you're able to find this. And I, I didn't have a hope in hell. Like he was he was on multiple different um, substances to try to get him off of the substances. And he would flip back and forth. And well, lo and behold, he messages me in 2019 and he says, Jasmine, I'm in Peru. I'm about to drink ayahuasca. And I like, I, I nearly fell over. Cause I'm like, how are you, how are (laughs) you in Peru? Like you're a strong, powerful addict. Like, how is this even happening? I'm like, are you clean enough? And he's like, yeah, I've been clean for a year. I I just couldn't believe him because he's, he came off of all of the, the, the transitional drugs to come off of opiates and things like that. And he even came off those. He said, those are the worst. <laughs> he said that was the hardest for me were, were like methadone or suboxone and things like that, that are supposed to help, but they're not. He said they're, they're definitely not. So to hear that he he wound up in Peru, I was just shocked. And so he's had he had a couple ceremonies there, one ceremony with me here. And I think he might microdose mushrooms as well. But other than that, he won't smoke weed. He doesn't smoke cigarettes. He doesn't do it. And he's like a farmer now. Like he has a whole bunch of animals. He has chickens and he has goats and pigs. And it, like what he's done is I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He's so special. Yeah. People are, people are magical.
0: I, I've heard that this is really really helpful for people with addictions. But so th- so they need to essentially be clean, though, before they do this deep dive.
1: Yeah, definitely. You have to be clean. You have to be off of even an antihistamine, even a Tylenol. Don't take that. No, you don't take anything for okay. and if you're on a super hard drug um, for a long time, you're going to be want to be you're going to know when you're clean. And usually it takes a couple months, like people would say at least three months, but I mean, everybody knows their own body and whatever is right that way. Um, but you're going to need to feel clean, like not like the four days clean to go into sweat lodge. No, not at all. You could use the sweat lodge to help you get clean quicker, but you still got to do all the work. Like it's still all that time to get clean.
0: So there needs to be a, a level of commitment and and readiness uh, before they even, even dive into this. So am I right in understanding then that this is the thing that prevents them from bouncing back from regressing, going back to that addiction. Yeah. That's right. Why is that? What, what stops people?
1: Uh, It's usually a a memory. It's usually a memory. And, And as you would know, memories are lodged all over our body. They're, they're lodged into us. And a lot of the time, many of these memories are lodged into our guts. And so with ayahuasca, it could take one time, like you could puke and, and, and go the other way. Uh, during that time. And you could get rid of those blockages that are are stopping everyone. And you could come out new from that. Now, I I would say, but for most people I've seen, you know, with with that young man that I was talking about, took him three times. And then he microdoses mushrooms. And then other than that, he's like dead against because I think because the plant, you see, ayahuasca really cares about you, really cares about the person who's drinking and personally cares about them like they want to make sure that you have your teddy bear with you you know the thing that comforts you you want to make sure that you have the most comfortable bed you want to make sure that you have the most um enough water you want to make sure you have all of your basic needs met like they really care about just like mama that's why people call her mother
0: hmm.
1: it's just like a mother it's it's so like and i i don't talk to myself like that so when you drink the tea And you have this type of dialogue in your head, you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Well, it taught me how to be a really, really good mother, like caring for every basic need that you have. And then one of the basic needs is, I need a hug. And she comes in and hugs. It just Mm -hmm. makes you feel hugged. And it's not like that for everybody. You know, some people got to go through whatever they need to go through at the time, but it's different for everyone. And, And it's usually, you know, the creation of new memories. Like new memories, I know someone that created a new memory of, of you know, they had always had a bad idea about their own death, so they created a new memory of death, so they weren't afraid anymore, so it's, it's a lot about creation, and that's why it's the God particle, like that's what, it, that's how it makes you feel, like you are, you are the creator, and just nobody knows, we're not separate from anything. And if God created all of this, then, and we are little pieces of God, then you can function this way. You can function this way in such a beneficial way. And same with ayahuasca, like ayahuasca, you can use it as a tool. And she loves that. She's like, yeah, for sure. Come on in. And if you like to look at scary things, you're going to see scary things. That was me. That was me when I when I started. I I can't believe I went back again and again and again. I can't believe I did that to myself. And now I'm like, whoa! It's because you see that there's something there. You know something's there. I'm very aware of it.
0: Yeah. What I mean, what did keep you coming back forty times of terrible experiences? You kept coming back. Was it just because you heard that you know one time you're gonna get this beautiful realization or you're gonna figure it out? What What was the thing? That kept you going.
1: I think the first time the thing that that kept me there was, (laughs) I I yeah, it was really awful, really really lots of pressure, pressure, and I'm like, oh God, everybody can hear me, I'm so embarrassing, and I was really loud, and I like sometimes when I get loud, I I get loud and I interrupt the whole room, Uh, but at the end of the ceremony, I asked a question, and I asked, can you show me where the plant i'm looking for is and what i was looking for was our own ayahuasca here and it showed me it showed me a blue flag lily and it just showed me the calyx like the very top of the seed pod after a lily uh falls away it just showed me that and then i'm like oh my god okay and so i i, I looked into it but what brought me back was the memory or the i guess the vision after that it was the teacher who made the tea it was maestro juan flores in peru and he was wearing his get up and everything because <clears throat> i'd seen him in national geographic uh france and i've seen him you know in other videos and so he's always wearing his kushma his like striped robe that says he's a master and he said to me you got to come to peru everyone should come to peru and i'm like okay And so I probably had another one ceremony after that. My husband had one at the right after I did, because we didn't want to go at the same time to mess with each other. And then we both left six months later after my first ceremony. We both left for Peru. Hmm. And then we found ourselves in Peru and we were there during a very powerful ceremony time. And I didn't even know. There was a bunch of shamans graduating and we met all of these masters and I had I didn't know I didn't know at the time what I was doing I was just so happy to be there and it was crazy because they just drove us out in this truck like a two-hour drive like hard hard drive um, through water washed out roads and they were all made of clay and all the clay is colored red and and you're in the jungle and you're not and nothing is familiar and I was just so happy to be there because once I got there I took a breath <gasps> and it was all steam and I'm like what look over and there's the boiling river the river's boiling at at, I think 89 celsius on average and just to see that river of boiling water meant to me that the water was safe to drink for one Mm -hmm. Uh, and then everything else after that it it was extremely safe like even though there's a boiling river there and you know you you fall in you're you're dead, or you're very, very hurt at the time. Uh, But nobody ever did, you know, the the teacher really has a hold on the spirits in that, in that place.
0: This world seems so boring compared to that sort of jungle adventure, boiling river, (coughs) shaman's taking you into this mystical experience. Did you find it hard to leave that? every time I left I cried
1: it was like pulling teeth it was mm-hmm. like pulling teeth I did not want to leave like I'd be in the truck and it'd be raining and I, I'm I have to leave and the air conditioning is finally on and I get to feel air conditioning and that's a relief but because it's very hot it's like almost 40 degrees celsius with humidex. like it's so hot mm-hmm. uh and the last time I left, like I'll just recount that time. Last time I left, it was raining and it was muddy and and we're driving the truck and my sister's beside me and she sees me and she knows she knows a bit of my nature, what I'm like. And the truck is I'm I'm crying, I'm bawling. And the truck is stalled inside of a rut, a wet rut, and it's having a hard time getting out. And they're neat trucks. So you're like really work, work trucks. We don't have trucks like that here. Uh, so we moved through, we were moving through this hole and then we got stuck again and I'm just crying and I'm like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go. I want to stay. I want to stay forever. And my sister shook me like really hard on the arm and she's like, let us go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I
1: breathed out and then we got out of the rut, not saying that I did that or anything, but she obviously thought that, that I was keeping
0: us there. Hmm. What is, what has this medicine done for you? Well, the
1: medicine itself—that um, medicine has allowed me to discover everything about our boreal forest, because we're we're two tree regions. Well, we're three: we're prairies, boreal forest, and Great Lakes, St. Lawrence. And it's it taught me everything. It it allowed me the clarity enough to be able to see everything. And then once I looked back at the science, and I'm like, oh, I knew that. <laughs> Wow. I knew that. Like it just, that's what ayahuasca is about. It's about discovery, whatever it is you're looking for. Yeah. And, and mine was the plants and a lot of healers. That's what they'll use it for. They'll use it
0: intentionally in that way to discover plants. So you learned how to use this medicine, both experiential as well as your education. You came back to Canada here. What did you do with that information? What do you do for work and, and how do you help people with it now?
1: Well, yeah, well, I came back and I was working on my master's in biology. And I, what I did was the phytochemical, the phytochemical analysis of boreal forest flora that was my the name of my thesis you can look it up on google it's terrible i mean i could do a lot better than that uh but i got my masters and the only reason why is that, you know halfway through my masters my my teacher at the time my professor he took my idea and gave it to somebody else and had to change every, i had to change everything so he held me back almost a whole year just because he gave my project away and i still don't forgive him for it hmm. hence why i'm not in academia anymore <laughs> but um what it does for me now oh yeah wait wait I I went and I studied uh I, I studied my master's and I went back to Peru because I needed a break because I was having a nervous breakdown about about my master's like it was freaking me out right and I met uh one of my most favorite favorite academics ever Jeremy Narby he wrote the cosmic serpent um the psychedelic mind and a few other books, intelligence and in nature. He wrote some really great books. I say, check them out. Uh, but I got to meet him and he said, you know what? You're getting your master's just get your ticket and get out. Then you can talk. And I'm like, okay. I, so all I did is I, I did exactly what he said. I just finished everything, everything, just whatever they wanted. I did it. I got my ticket and I left and I never looked back. And then right before I was about to defend my master's thesis, which was hectic, hectic time, because I was in, I was invited to Wapakika First Nation to, uh, I got light happening. Mm
0: -hmm. I was,
1: I was invited to Wapakika First Nation uh, for crisis response to go um, cook plants for a lot of the elders that were suffering there. And I realized because I walked in right as soon as there was a funeral on. I walked into a funeral and the person who hired me just hailed me and then said, Hey, make some tea. And I'm like, Whoa. And I, I brought my whole chest of a plant tea with me because I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I had no idea. I just went up blind, took my stuff, went brewed my tea. And then the elder said to me, Hey, I used to drink that when I was little, I haven't drank that in forever. And I'm like, that makes sense to me because that's a really common tea It was sweet gale tea. Mm-hmm. And it, it calms people. It allows you to, to dream well. It allows you to sleep, but it, it does all these awesome things. So you can buy it from the Algonquin tea company uh, as lucid dreaming tea. Doesn't always do that, but.
0: Oh, you gave that to me once. I it's did. like mild, gentle, beautiful ayahuasca. Cause I, yeah I used to have this recurring dream. Where I was in a panic because I had lost my husband, and he was about either he was gone and in danger, and I couldn't find him, or it was like a jealousy dream, like I needed to find him because he was about to cheat on me, and I I had had that dream so many times, and I made that tea you gave me, and I drank it. Well, sure enough, I started having this dream. Where is Dan? Where is Dan? I can't find him. And all of a sudden, I just hear what standing (laughs) right in front of me is like I'm right here and I've never had that dream again (laughs) it's wild (laughs) like they say this the plant medicine like solves your problems I'm like it did I don't know what it was my stress around that issue but one time drinking that tea found him there he is
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome I had a friend that did the same thing she uh took blue lotus before bed and we were up north in Wapakika again and she she had this dream and it was a nightmare it was it was terrible people were getting killed and then the next night she was having the exact same dream she's panicking and she was we were taking blue lotus while we were there and that was that was fun i didn't have a hard time with it she did and then she had the dream and she's dreaming and it's all nightmare terrible and then somebody yells cut and it was a movie <laughs> so it it just it uh-huh. makes sense to me. Like the way you're, you're interpreting it is because usually the answer is very simple. It was just a movie or it wasn't real or, or he wasn't really gone.
0: Yeah. And so I haven't, I haven't taken ayahuasca. I, I have played around with micro dosing and, and some things. And my concern about ayahuasca, because it was, it sounds like it's such a powerful medicine. I was always frightened to take it because I thought, well, not because of the tripping out and seeing scary things, I was scared about the realizations. Like what if ayahuasca tells me I need to leave my family and run off into the bush and be single or, or something wild like that. But from what many people have told me is the realizations that you get are often very simple yet profound like, you should call your mom more and just love her. Like little things like that.
1: Yeah, that that's the way to put it. Call your mom. Yeah. Call your mom she loves you. That's a that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, I think I might have had a really difficult time because of my intention of being there. My intention was to learn to be like my teacher to learn medicine in the way that he would know Hmm. and to know it in a really deep and intricate way where now I'm not afraid. I used to be afraid to drink it every single time I would have it like extremely afraid, like frightened for my whole life because I didn't want to see. And then now like, it's a, it's a welcome gift, a lovely, welcome gift. I felt that way about every, every drug, you know, mushrooms Mm -hmm. or, ketamine or even the designer drugs like three MMC or any others like that. I was so frightened. And, and now it's not, it's not that anymore. Not at all.
0: And now that you're back in Canada, um, it's not just ayahuasca that you use to help people with addictions and suffering. It's all like, like you said, with sweet gale, it's all sorts of medicines that are local to here. What what are some of the other plants that you use with people to help them?
1: Mm-hmm. I was going to say every other plant, but no, specifically uh, the next one I would use is black spruce. Black spruce is really sweet, sweet being, sweet being, and really cares about the way you live and wants you to live well and, and wants you to, to raise yourself to higher heights, essentially. You know what, Carla, I got to close this window.
0: Yeah, no problem. it's lovely but she's got this beautiful uh sunbeam right in her eye (laughs) as the sun is going down it is beautiful but you have to see (laughs) yeah I
1: have to see and it's it's majestic Ah, okay good we still got light happening um now where was I um oh yeah Yeah, black spruce. They call it chicopiatic Shikopiatic means stick or, you know, wood stick. And it, there would be a different kind of ending here in uh, the Kenora region. Mm-hmm. But chicopiatic that's what they call it. And I know it's really sweet because not sweet tasting. I mean, sweet like a sweet being. Um, because I spent a lot of time in the north and there's ton of those black spruce trees there. And one day it, you know, I'm out, I'm foraging for something I can't remember what it was. I think it was cranberries. And the, the tree started singing to me and it sang to me a very high pitched song. Like I couldn't even reach the heights of, of that song. Like I can now, but at the time I couldn't even reach those heights. And, and now like, if I sang it for you, it'd be the sweetest. It's the sweetest song ever. Like I, Okay, I gotta say, because I can't can't explain it until, until you hear it. it goes. na. <laughs> really pretty like beautiful it's the sound or the vibration or whatever it is from that from that tree and so every tree they have their songs they sing Mm -hmm. all of them you just it seems like it's subtle but it's not so subtle these energies they're not Mm -hmm. as subtle as you think and that's what ayahuasca did for me is that i it doesn't seem so subtle anymore it's just what it is
0: uh It's been my experience too, with someone that has really explored eastern uh, Eastern wisdom and yogic spirituality. It's not that these things are subtle. It's that we're just not paying attention that yeah, we're, we're too wrapped up in the shell that is our bodies or our lives to notice
1: yeah, we have the clarity. It's there. It's like right out in our faces, but we just don't, we just don't like, we need to be hollow bones. That's why I like the yoga stuff. Cause it helps mm-hmm. you to have hollow bones. Like it really, it's one of those, you know, amazing tools that was brought to the West to, to teach us how to be mm-hmm. just be.
0: Yeah. Lovely. I mean, even, even the Christian Bible will say, like, be still and know that I am God. Like, if people are <laughs> looking for God, you need to be still. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to hear him or her because you're too noisy.
1: Yeah, you're too noisy. Be <laughs> hmm. too noisy. And we learn that from a very young age. We, we need to learn silence early because it's powerful. Silence is an answer. I had a teacher tell me that one time, and it just floored me. It took me, I think, weeks to to go through that. I'm like, silence is an answer. How is that? But no, of course, if I don't answer anything that you're saying, there, that's my
0: answer. Hmm. How have you made this right in your own experience, in your own head? These very conflicting cultures. So we have Catholicism we have um, like traditional Ojibwe and Cree shamanism, Western science. How do they all wrap in into one? Cause these, these things could easily duel with each other.
1: Oh yeah, they sure can. And they do, <laughs> they do. But no, they- <clears throat> to me, I guess um, they all say the same thing. They all say the same thing. Like I got my son baptized they say the same thing live a good life and here's the tools on how to live a good life that's that's what it is like in in Catholicism you go through reconciliation then you go through your first eucharist then you go through confirmation you know you go through all of these these rites and there i think there's four you know before you're 12 years old and but those are tools that you can use in your later years to keep yourself clean so you can keep your hollow bones Mm -hmm. you go through reconciliation or penance um so that you don't have any junk bottling you up all the time like you just get rid of your junk well there's other methods that you can do that like this one method i learned and this was a central american method where you breathe in these memories and just breathe them out but be intentional about it just breathe them out and be like okay i know you're there and i pay attention to you just don't come back i don't need to listen to you anymore Cause I would get intrusive thoughts and I would have to like blow them out in, in, essentially, and it's kind of a penance to me. So there's similarities that way. And same with ayahuasca, like you, you puke in the bucket you're puking those things. Those are your, that's your penance. Mm-hmm. That's going to help you forgive everything. So I think they're all the same. Same with sweat lodge, like helps you clean your, your body out. It's all about the hollow bones, everything. I think that's the, the key
0: that's you i've i've had to make peace with these practices myself as well and i think even though i love to dabble in the spiritual realm i'm also very uh pragmatic and practical so i just look at cause and effect um i was raised in a baptist christian home and didn't really have anything to do with it as an adult but it was definitely deeply in me from going to church every single sunday and then when I started doing yoga, I absolutely had a, a ton of questions about this, like something in me was, I don't know if it was something in me or maybe the people around me, for, for sure people around me that were more orthodox Christians were saying, you can't do yoga, it's evil, you'll let evil spirits into you and into your body. Well, that frightened me, yet I really felt called and pulled to this. So... It took me a while to really see where I stand with that. Mm -hmm. But I honestly remember, like, I'm very young at this point, 22 years old. And I remember praying about this and just saying, if I'm not supposed to go this way, close this door. Close the door. And the next day, I would literally get a phone call with this I think the first time was this wild opportunity to have this paid for training to fly me to the other side of Canada. And then the second time I prayed about the same issue, I got a phone call asking if I wanted this beautiful yoga studio space. And every time I posed that question, man, did the the doors flew open. And even as I say this, I'm going to have People on the Eastern wisdom side get mad that I'm talking about Christianity. I'm gonna have Christians getting really mad that I'm talking about yoga. And what I've just come to learn is the the not, the not information is conflicting, humans are complex. We all look at things through different lenses. And at the end of the day, it's between me and the creator and he can close or open any door he wants at any time. And I am open, I am open. Yeah, you're a
1: servant, rather. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And I was saying fruits, right? So, you know, had I started doing yoga and I turned into a drug addict and became depressed, well, you know, maybe that's not so good for me. Yeah. But it's only ever made me a better mother, a better person. I've devoted most of my life to helping other people for free, I've worked like so many hours for free. Running a yoga studio was essentially working for free. Um, And I was so happy to do that. You know, it only made me a better and stronger person and continues to do so. Um, So they they complement each other. And so for me too, like you're mentioning a tool. Mm -hmm. The Bible didn't give me tools. It was here are the rules to be a good person. But it's really hard to be a human. Where yoga and coaching and psychology and or microdosing, like there's a million different things, breath work, meditation. These are tools to help you be the good person because sometimes it's not enough just to pray for that. You need more. It's difficult.
1: Yeah, that that makes so much sense to me. And you know what, I know what you're talking about in Catholicism, um, there's that's a heavily like, especially they talk about Reiki, like don't go to Reiki. But the reason why they say that and don't go to get your tarot cards read or anything like that is because there's doorways that open. And I know this as you know, doing the, the South American work with the ayahuasca is that these doorways open and these things come flooding out that are not yours and they don't belong to you but they get sticky they're sticky things that you just can't get rid of and i always like to say that that's like that's a form of shamanism that they're actually talking about that energy type of work and that's how i i view catholicism for myself is that like the movie constantine i think that that says it all like that guy's a shaman and he's just doing shaman work they just call it catholic
0: Mm.
1: um but the same thing like I had this lady tell me, you know, don't do tarot cards because there's, because, because don't, because it's not good for you. And then I realized, well, there are doorways that open up. So there are times where I might read a tarot card for somebody in a particular case. Mm -hmm. I will. And I'll, I'll tell you whatever they're saying, but then I shut it and then that's it. Like, it's, that's it. I don't, I, like, you can get obsessive with those kind of things and they can very, they can deeply infect you whatever it is, like, however they influence you to think, like, because you're in control here, you know?
0: Well, that makes sense to me when I hear about the story of not only your Western education, but the amount of time that you spent under the expert eye of these medicine men and women, there is a very particular way that you do things. You're not messing around. There's a cleansing process. You don't let just anyone dive into ayahuasca. They need to be ready. And, you know, for the same reasons, I haven't really, I don't play with those things. I've never done a Ouija board because I absolutely know that there's more than this physical realm, that these other things do exist. And they're not really meant to be played with. You do it with the right people under the right conditions, with the right intention, because, yeah, who knows what you're letting into your life.
1: You have no idea. Ouija boards, ever since I was a kid, like my parents had one. Or my siblings had one because they were much older than me and they had it in the basement. Well, I didn't want to go into the basement for years. Like, even to this day, I wouldn't go into that basement because that feeling, <laughs> just whatever feeling I put on it when I was a kid, like I didn't want that. Hmm. I didn't want, don't open that door. But I decided to open many other doors. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm okay with this door if you call it that. But it's not okay if you call it a Ouija board.
0: Yeah. Well, and the world is becoming more and more open minded. Like we see microdosing being normalized. You know, marijuana has absolutely been completely normalized. You have like regular housewives having having marijuana now. And uh when I was younger, I had a really serious and long bout of depression. And I was kind of at my wits end at one point. And I went away to uh, like a festival. Um, I was much younger than it was like a three or four day festival. And I was at that, like, just throw everything out the window stage. Like I kind of give up and I just, I want to go and party and forget about my feelings. And I did LSD for four days in a row, which sounds really intense. I'm surprised I'm even telling this audience. But at the end of those four days, I felt amazing. And I didn't feel like I needed to keep doing that. I didn't feel like addicted. I felt like I had purged something and I thought I would have felt worse, like how people would after drinking straight for four days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt relieved and we had a, a death in the family a few years ago and well keep in mind too at that festival when i was younger i wasn't micro dosing i was i was dosing um but then as a the, the mature adult that i am now when i started experiencing depression when we had a death um i micro dosed with it and i did it properly like one every three days for a couple of months And microdosing to the audience, if they're not aware, you're not high. You're taking the tiniest little bit of of medicine. If if you're feeling it, you're not quite doing it right. Um, It's so little, yet the world is just a little lighter. Things are a little sparklier. Um, It really took the edge off grief. And I used it for a period of time, just like you would properly use medication in that way too. You use it when you need it, and then you put it aside and it did its job. So we're seeing more and more research with that now. You know, therapists using MDMA with couples that are um, having trouble in their marriage. You you see microdosing a lot. Uh, they use ketamine in the hospital. They use psilocybin, all, all sorts of things. And I think we're we're just starting to get to know what these out of the box treatments can do for people.
1: Yeah, especially that ketamine. That's uh, that's something else too. It's not even um it's not like LSD. LSD you can get a really powerful effect from even microdosing. Like it's uh, it really clears away the junk, like you're saying. But that's that's exactly what ayahuasca is like too. It clears away the junk. Um ketamine really, really powerful. I, I know a lady who started drinking ayahuasca uh, a nurse started drinking ayahuasca later in her career and then she realized that she had been putting people in a k-hole all the time because if you take too much ketamine, uh you become paralyzed and you can't move and all you can do is see like you you feel like you got, you got a serious problem. You can't wake up from that. And it takes time for your body to metabolize, uh, the ketamine. And she said she would never do that again because people use it in, in, cause she, she was a PTSD nurse, like a nurse who had PTSD because of the, the emergency room that she was working in. And it was an extreme emergency ward in one of the bigger cities in, in the country. So she had a hard time with that. And so she never went back. Uh, mm. I'm not sure if she's still nursing or not she may you know may have um created a new way for herself now mm.
0: so you you work primarily in in first nations communities using a variety of different plant medicines is there's so much hurt in, in our communities from our our history and and trauma and things that have gone on in the past and are still happening in the present. Is is this? I don't even know what my question is, but it seems like it's working. The work that you're doing here,
1: I I hope so. I I try to teach the hollow bones without saying hollow bones. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to teach the cleanliness of a diet, but sometimes you don't. You have environmental pressures that I can't control, like this what the store brings in or what you're gonna collect from the land. Like I can't control that sort of thing, and that food is medicine Mm -hmm. everything that you get from for food and from the land itself it's it really has an effect on your way of being it really has a huge effect Mm -hmm. so I find you know I'm usually just playing you know decoy I'm just trying to get around that food issue because that's what's causing the diabetes and that's mostly what I work in is is diabetes for these five First Nations. I'm trying to create a new program, but the pandemic really yeah, really slowed things down by almost two years, right?
0: Wow. So
1: yeah, I couldn't even visit for the last two years and I'm still grounded, like I'm still not allowed to travel. So it's very hard to promote and and keep with the keep with the program. And I, I hope that they're gonna keep me. I hope I'm effective enough where they're gonna keep me mm-hmm. um, teaching plant medicine to people because there's a whole group of women and especially in Kingfisher Lake who really um enjoy enjoy what I do when I do it when I get to go but I am because I ca- became a mother in the last year I I probably won't travel for quite a while yet anyway it's mm-hmm. <clears throat> just one of those things um should I turn my light up carla
0: um it's okay totally up to you here well we'll mostly do audio yeah okay
1: Maybe it's just bugging me. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Tyler and I became adults. We decided to get blinds.
0: <laughs> they so dead. expensive. It really is an adult bird. I
1: found a good deal. Don't worry about it. I found a good deal. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Blinds galore. Cheap. <sighs> it was like 600 bucks. We did our whole house. That's cheap.
0: Anyway. I think there's so many people that are interested in, in, in this conversation, not, not even the ayahuasca per se, but getting back in touch with nature and what nature can offer us in terms of medicine, like sweet gale, I've gone out with you and picked it and made tea. And before we started the podcast, I was telling you about all the dandelions I harvested and the dandelion roots, and I made that into a tincture which is good for digestion and upset stomachs and it helps to detox you like there's so many benefits Mm -hmm. and what i've been teaching on and formulating a uh, a few groups around is self-sovereignty and wellness and when i say wellness it's like mental health and physical health and when i say sovereignty i mean taking bold responsibility for our lives and I can't think of anything better really than understanding nature the plants around you where you live and how to utilize them and turn them into medicine it's it's such a simple and powerful way to take charge of your life
1: yeah it's autonomy straight up autonomy I think that's why I was hired by those first nations too is because um there's a tribal council called Anishinaabe Aski Nation. And it has, I think, 49 communities within within its umbrella, which are five of the communities that I work in. And they have this idea of health transformation. They want to create a new healthcare model for the people by the people, essentially. So this is a little portion of um, health transformation where we 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 are being independent. We are being autonomous. We have self-direction, self-responsibility, because there is a lot of there's there's a lot of not that um, mm-hmm. with anyone, anyone normally. So mm-hmm. trying to promote it, I think is a really good step.
0: Mm-hmm what I've witnessed too, and in a lot of the communities and the people that do really good work here in our hometown of uh, Kenora, Northwestern Ontario, is uh, the the people that seem to be the most impactful and helpful in communities um, are the ones who are bringing people back to their traditional roots, taking people that are suffering from addictions or maybe they've been in jail and um, you know, my friend Dan Yerkes, he takes them racing. he takes them to powwows, he just brings them back to culture. And, you know, ay- ayahuasca might not be part of the culture, but the plants and harvesting and foraging and, and all of this absolutely is.
1: Yeah, ayahuasca specifically for me, I, I would have to say that, like, because I don't teach that. Mm. Um, but it was for me for discovery, so that I, you don't have to drink it now, I drank it. For you, and I'll impart my teachings for you. You know, like that's how I, I communicate that to others. Is like it's not necessary for you. You know, if if you needed that sort of thing, I could help facilitate you in whatever way you need. But like there are churches outside of uh, Winnipeg, the Santo Daime Church. If anybody was ever interested in that, I can direct them that way. Or there's other places that they could go, but um, it doesn't always have to be that. Mm-hmm no. Hmm. I drank it so you don't have to. I always like that line.
0: I love that. Well, one thing, like I I was lucky I was able to break out of depression through other ways. Um, There was coaching and therapy and life choices and like so many things. I can't even tell you what the thing was. But one of the most painful experiences that I can remember were constant recurring depressive thoughts. It was just like a like a record playing and I couldn't shut them off. And I remember hearing that that was one of the things that ayahuasca could do for people was stop that. And you know, I was lucky enough to use other things to go through, but I remember telling myself after learning that if you ever got stuck there again, um I think I would absolutely investigate this medicine for myself.
1: There is a way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, like I said, the, the one method that I learned, um, a Central American, a Toltec method, actually, uh, is when you see those memories, because I get intrusive thoughts, like memory, constant memories that don't stop, like a record player. And I would constantly hit me and make me feel bad, make me feel bad, make me feel bad. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. I can't change history. I can't change what happened in the past. I can change how I feel about it. So that's why I would breathe it in. <laughs> breathe it out, breathe it in and breathe it out because there's nothing you can do about it. And it's been really effective for me. Um, that way, Re- like I, I need it, even though I drank ayahuasca, you still need those daily tools. Everyone needs it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, as someone that's not, uh, I'm not afraid of medicine. I've taken prescription drugs before, but I also, try to avoid them Uh, I try and go as natural as possible Um, I avoided this particular uh, juice we'll call it um, in lieu of natural medicines which worked extremely well for me Um, I was lucky enough to find natural healers uh, to give them to me I breezed through it I've never had any issues Um, and I'm finding myself more and more inclined now to question pharmaceuticals and go this natural route, especially after seeing how powerful they are. And it doesn't mean I'll never go to a doctor, I'll never go to a hospital, I'll never take Advil or any of these things. But I don't know if you're witnessing, what I'm witnessing is people are, are choosing sides right now and doubling down on whatever that side is. Like all pharma, all in, don't ask questions. Or mm, I think I'm gonna start veering over to this other way and go back to my roots and back to uh, yeah, like foraging and I'm gonna learn how to make some medicines. Or are you seeing this too? It's like a, a great divide.
1: Yeah, it is a big divide. And there's a lot of it. There's a lot of people who are contacting me and then some who will never contact me again. Mm-hmm. Because they they don't know. They don't know. I'm I'm in eclectic mix. I'm the same thing. Like If you have a urinary tract infection that the plants aren't helping with, well, you better go get some medication or you've got to do what you need to do for your body to be well, whatever it is, you need to be well. And I don't think there's anything wrong with using any of the tools that are available to you. But I also don't also shut myself off either. I know people that shut themselves. What? Like right off. Like where they're not like, they're not okay with zero vaccines or zero pharmaceuticals or anything. They're not okay with any of it. Mm -hmm. And then they're they're okay with some things. And it's just like I don't think people know. I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't think they're certain about it.
0: Well and there's a particular medicine needed for a particular person for a particular condition during a particular time in their life yeah. because I I had a friend get really mad at me when I didn't and said that I didn't believe in science and that they believe in vaccines. To which I said, well, what vaccines? And for whom? And why? And when? That's like saying, well, I trust all medicine. Well, would you take heart attack medicine? Well, no i don't have a heart condition well exactly not everyone was vulnerable in in the same way and yeah there there's people are very different of course the same things aren't going to work for all of us and we need to be more open to understanding that there isn't one thing that's going to work for all of us and if we're willing to explore what actually just will be the best medicine for me? Well, then we're going to heal, but we can't tell anyone else what we know for sure is going to work for them. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's right. You don't know. And that that's where it comes back to the spirituality for me, because only the spirit ever knew for sure. Like only, you know, the creator or God, whatever you want to call him, Gichimanadu, whatever you want to call it. Um there's a point where that can communicate and tell you directly what you need personally. And sometimes if you're lucky enough, you get to hear what someone else would need to only if you're lucky enough. And you know what? I've, <clears throat> I've been lucky a few times in my, in my time uh, helping people where I had an alcoholic come to the house and within minutes I had him crying and he's a man, like you don't cry. <laughs> and, and he was, instantly he was crying I'm like oh it's okay I knew it happened to you it happened to me and Mm -hmm. and he was just like he was floored about it Mm -hmm. he's like I didn't know that's why I was an alcoholic and I'm like well you know you're okay like look at you you're fine you know you went through it I went through it we're recovering Mm -hmm. it's okay Mm -hmm. yeah it's just um sometimes you get those messages and sometimes you don't and you're not meant to Mm-hmm. We shouldn't take it upon ourselves because a lot of people want to take a- upon themselves someone else's healing and it's their work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you can assist. And so I educate people wherever it's needed, but it's not always um, you know, it doesn't always work for everybody because they want to hear a specific thing. They want to hear sad guru talk or they want to hear Russell Brand talk or they want to hear whoever Joe Rogan talk, like. Whatever you
0: need, whatever you need will help. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's a good place to end. Just be open to exploring mm-hmm. what, what's the right medicine for you. And that, you know, we don't know. We're just learning all the time more and more about these plants. We're learning more and more about these pharmaceuticals. Are they good? Or are they bad? It's, it's an ongoing learning.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's just the way it is. And we don't want to stop.
0: You don't want to stop. Hmm. i gonna live a good life. So you're a relatively private person. Usually I end with where can people find you? Um, are are you on social channels? Um, are you active there? You're you're more yeah, like boots on the ground in community.
1: I'm a, I'm a boots on the ground girl, but because of uh the nature of one, the pandemic really messed with things and then mm two mainly having a baby um people can find me at jasmine at gmail.com or you can find me on facebook the same name and you can find me also on facebook at boom bay integrative healing uh, and that's like the startup for my healing center that will exist uh the the land exists but i need the um to be build the buildings um but the teachings are here and um I'm willing to share no matter
0: what. Amazing. Um, I hope to be a part of that healing center one day. I can't yeah, of wait. Course. I
1: hope you do too. I have plans <laughs> already for you. You're already in my head.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me. This is really, really, really interesting. I'm sure the audience found the same. Wow. It it's, was fun for me. Thank you. <laughs> okay.
1: Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, sounds good.